Hi, you guys, and welcome back to Talking Smack. Today, I have my friend Connor with us. We've known each other for a while. Quite a while. Yeah, like actually a really long time. Is it over 10 years? It's got to be at this point. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe that. But anyway, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Sure thing. I'm Connor. Uh, Most people know me, I guess, to be a bread baker here in Edmonds. And uh, yeah, I guess it's super exciting to be here with Mackenzie. And uh, yeah, just it's crazy how much time has passed, but this is exciting to get to catch up. Insane. I know. I'm really glad you were able to come on. So I want to start at the beginning. So you started your business. Tell us a little bit about that, what that looked like, or tell us about your passion and how you fell in love with bread and then how you kind of transitioned into working for other people into building your own business. Yeah, for sure. It kind of goes back to college. Um, I went to Washington State University and studied communications. And while I was you know, going to school, I got started cooking quite a bit back when I was living in my apartment. And just through cooking, I naturally sort of gravitated toward, you know, making some of your own breads, just like quick breads and things that you could make at home relatively easily. So I I could just tell very early on that I like had this passion for it. Um, I just kept coming back to it. There were a bunch of other things I was interested in at the time, like playing music and, uh, you know, reading. And I wanted to be a professor of English literature, which I'm so (laughs) glad I I chose not to do that. Um, But yeah, I think I just really dove into this bread, bread baking journey early on back in college. And um, I didn't really know very early, like I didn't know early on that I wanted it to be a business, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But that sort of became clearer as time went on. And so, uh, yeah, no, it was just like every week I'd bake something, you know, fresh for like friends that were coming over for dinner. And um, I I think that's ultimately what, what it was, was just this like feeling of like I made this with my hands and I get to share it with people that I care about. Um, and I was like, I just kept coming back to that. And, you know, you know, a lot of time has passed since then I graduated in 2017 and, you know, here we are in 2022 and I've got this brick and mortar bakery. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of details that have uh, transpired in that time, but really I think, um, it all comes back to just like that feeling of getting to share something with someone is Mm -hmm. just like so special. So, well, and how cool for you to be able to decide that it's something that you loved and brought you so much joy and making it into something so much bigger. And not a lot of people get that and get to experience that as young Mm -hmm. as you. And I, I just think that's such a cool thing to be able to grow the way you have. So you started out of your parents' garage. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was that like? And how quickly did you realize you outgrew that and needed something bigger? For sure. It was uh, incredibly small, like 180 square feet. Um, You know, it almost happened by accident. I remember Mm -hmm. like pretty vividly we were having this neighborhood rummage sale um, where like folks would like walk the neighborhood and kind of like, you know, people would put out their stuff on their driveway or whatever, um, kind of towards the end of the summer. And my dad turns to me, he goes, you're baking all this bread like at home, just like recipe testing and sending it down to restaurants in Edmonds. He's like, why don't you just like put out a table and like, you know, have people, you know, take what they wish. You know, I was like, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I put out, you know, a few dozen loaves of sourdough bread and some pretzels and cookies. It's kind of hard to remember now. It's been three years or so. But uh, yeah, that's basically how it got started. And I just put it out on my like personal Instagram, which I'm not very active on. And Mm -hmm. people were like asking questions like, how do I get there? Where do I find your house? Um, And it kind of just like, I just hit the ground running. Like that's Mm -hmm. just how it started just by accident. And then it became kind of clear, like, what do I need to do in order to make this like legal? Like how Mm -hmm. can I legally sell, (laughs) legally sell these baked goods uh, to Mm -hmm. people, um, you know, and, uh, and do so, you know, repetitively over time. And then it started to paint, the picture started to paint itself in a way, like the, the building of business became a little bit clearer in my head. And I started to kind of go and find the sources of information that I needed to, in order to make it possible. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started was just out of the garage, just baking as much bread as possible, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with this little Rothko bread oven. And uh, yeah. I think it's so cool too. 
how supportive your parents have been Mm -hmm. forever. And that was one thing that I remember about when we were friends back in high school. I remember coming over to your house. And first of all, your parents are just the nicest people ever. (laughs) And they built you and your friends, Mm -hmm. all the guys, a studio to record in because that's when you guys were all really into music. And I thought it was so cool to have that kind of support and kind of push almost to be like, no, like you should go follow what you want to do and you should follow your passions. And I just... I just think that's really cool. And like, I hope to be a parent like that. One yeah, day. 100%. I think it's like total selflessness. You know, like they saw, you know, like I mentioned, like there's there's a bunch of different passions. And even still today, like I've got a bunch of passions outside of bread baking. Um, it just so happens to take up a bulk of my time. Uh, but, you know, they've been com- completely selfless and whatever we've sort of, you know, I've got three siblings, whatever we've sort of shown interest in, like they want us to go and like explore that and really, you know, um, you know, have trials and 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 go through it and, mm-hmm. and figure out what you really like. And uh, I've been, yeah, I'm so grateful to have the support system that I do to continue doing what I am. Um, and without them, I don't think it would be possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm forever indebted to them, mm-hmm. 100%. So when you were finding your brick and mortar space, what was that like? How long did that take you to find something, especially too, were you looking during the pandemic and yeah, well, it's it's funny how kind of things have fallen into place. And like mm-hmm. I talk about this a lot with other people, like there were so many things in the trajectory of like starting the bakery and kind of, you know, this onward progression of growth. And one of those things that that happened was, you know, I didn't even have to go and look for a place like the, the property owner came to me and was like, hey, like we like what you're doing. We really need a bakery in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what, are you interested in, in a potentially, you know, opening up one of these stalls? And there were at the time a few different places that we could have opened. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so fortunate to be in the space we're in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of the other options would have been great, but um, the scale that we're at now would not work in those other mm-hmm. places. So that was definitely one of those things that I'm, I'm grateful for. And it just kind of fell into our lap was the property owner coming to us and saying, you know, we love what you're doing with this weekly pop-up and mm-hmm. you obviously have gained a little bit of traction here with some people. A little uh, in bit. The, in the, you in the had community. a line around the corner and <laughs> yeah. down the block. Yeah. I remember I was like, I have to get there. <laughs> like right? early. Yeah, I have to get there earlier. I'm not going to get the focaccia. <laughs> I was like, I need to get this bread. And I was like, I need to get all the sourdough. And whenever I would go down 2020 when you were doing your pop-ups, my dad was like, I need you to get an extra focaccia <laughs> and then the, the herb olive uh sourdough or whichever one or the rosemary whatever you were doing I was like I ended up getting one of everything (laughs) those were fun days yeah those were fun days it's really you know I I haven't taken a ton of time to like you know recollect or like you know really uh, reflect on what has taken place and Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways it's just because I've got this sort of forward you know forward thinking Mm -hmm. um and just like what's next kind yeah. of thing. And I think I'm in, I'm excited to sort of invite more reflection back in to my mm-hmm. schedule um, just so that I can, you know, like give myself a little bit of time to maybe celebrate or like yeah. that's one of my biggest criticisms from people who are very close to me is that I just don't give myself enough time to really like, mm-hmm. you know, take in like what is happening. Like what you've accomplished and everything. 100 percent. Yeah. Built. And also like the adverse too. like mm-hmm. what could I have done better? Like what can I what can I change now so that I don't affect people negatively in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's huge, too. And I think getting a good balance of both is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you so if you were to reflect now and like celebrate, what would you be most excited about? Would it be like the pop ups or getting into the space or like, is there anything that you would do differently now if you were like, no, I need to celebrate these things or I need to be excited yeah. about this? I think I always I, I wish I were more celebratory with my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, you know, I try to put my best foot forward and I try to be as supportive as I possibly can be. But you know, the team deserves, deserves it all. Like we're at a scale now where I can't do what we're doing by myself. There's no way I could do what I'm doing by myself. Um, and the team is responsible for quite a bit these days. Mm -hmm. And so I owe a lot to them. Um, not only that, like internally, but externally, the, the community of people, like Mm -hmm. being able to celebrate with them. Like, I think that's huge too. Mm -hmm. We're in a, we're in a very, um, unique place here in Edmonds where like people care so much about local business. Mm -hmm. And that means a lot to me. It makes my life so much easier. There's so much less pressure on me as a business owner to like have to promote and sell and, you know, advertise, um, everything has been organic from the very beginning, 99% organic from mm-hmm. the very beginning. And like not very many businesses can say that. And mm-hmm. and that's incredible. And that I owe, I owe all of that to the community of people mm-hmm. that just like 
relentlessly support us, mm-hmm. you know, through and through. So, um, yeah, I think just getting time to like, or giving myself back some time to, to really like thoughtfully celebrate with the community. Mm-hmm. That's like a huge goal and priority of mine. I think too, like what a testament to what you've built and what you're creating and how much, you know, emphasis you have on the quality of your mm-hmm. items. And I can't remember how many times I would roll up maybe an hour after you'd open and you'd be like, oh, we're all sold out. Sorry. <laughs> like We don't have anything. <laughs> it's such a bummer. I know. <laughs> it is a bummer, but yeah. also like something to be celebrated. And I think it is so cool. Like the couple weeks that I had gone, like every single weekend, you'd see the same people and everybody would come out to support. And I, I just think that's so cool and so uncommon for most businesses to have yeah. that type of cult following mm-hmm. from the get-go. And I, I just think it's so cool that you have really built it into something yeah. so big. Yeah. Like I'd like to think that a lot of that was my action, but I yeah. don't like, I think a lot of it is really just, you know, I can't take credit for all of that. Like the, people are, people kind of, you know, vote with their dollar and they want to support the people that they want to support. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason that, but that is, is you. it could be, you know, it could be <laughs> yeah. for sure. But you know, um, I try to remain as, you know, I try to apply a little bit of humility when I can. Um, And to a lot of people, it is just, it's just the loaf of bread that they're coming to get. Right. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's like that chance to connect with the person behind the counter. Mm -hmm. Like we saw that very early on Mm -hmm. uh, at the pop-ups, which I thought was like, I joke with the front of the house staff these days and, and, and my teammates that like the bread and pastry. Okay. They're, they're okay. They're pretty good. But like that connection, that, 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 you know, that sense of, uh, you know, repetitive sort of just human to human contact that you're getting mm-hmm. with people, especially through something like COVID was so special for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what carries them through the week. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's been, that's been huge for us. And mm-hmm. I think that that has definitely, uh, carried forward through the shop, which yeah. I think is really cool. And I try to, you know, I try to really relay, relay that information to the team. Cause that's, that's something you can't let go of mm-hmm. the bread and the pastry. Okay. Like we work really hard to make really good stuff. Um, but it, it takes even harder work to be like that person that someone can count on to connect with, to be mm-hmm. kind to. Um, and that's really special to me. And that's mm-hmm. really ultimately at the core of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So when you were doing your pop-ups, were you just doing one day a week? Mm-hmm. And how many hours were you putting into baking yeah. just to do that one pop-up? Yeah, I would say it was probably back then. I mean, I've had roughly the same schedule for the last few years, mm-hmm. um, anywhere between 80 and 100 hours a week, you know. So it's like oh obviously leading up if you're just doing one day a week, like the bake is pretty extended. The bake can last 24 full hours, mm-hmm. um, but the prepare the preparation beforehand could last another, you know, range of 18 to 24 hours with like a nap in between or something like that. Um, Which I know sounds crazy to some, but I think that some people that, you know, have this thing that they are just so keen on delivering on, like it almost doesn't even cross my mind Mm -hmm. like that I'm sacrificing sleep or I'm sacrificing family time or, you know, time with my friends or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like every Friday and Saturday night is like gone as Mm -hmm. a, you know, younger person. Um, I don't even, that doesn't even cross my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, at times, you know, you sort of reflect and you're like, ah, like I missed out on that thing or I could have hung out with those people or whatever. But this, I I think has been such a clear vision of mine for the past few years that I've been okay with like sacrificing quite a bit to Mm -hmm. make sure that I can deliver, you know, on, uh, on making good bread for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I feel like and now, too, having a team, is it still the same amount of time? You're just pumping out <laughs> way more yeah, product? Yeah, for sure. I think, like, the demand has seen, like, an onward sort of, like, ongoing progression and increase over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means, of course, like, I, my presence is needed at the shop just to make sure that things and operations can, like, roll smoothly. Right. Um, you know, if we were making the same amount of product we were making three years ago, like that wouldn't be the case. I'd have a lot more balance in my schedule, Mm -hmm. but that hasn't been the case. Like we've been, we've been exponentially growing over time, which is, which is great. It's a great, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of problem to have. Um, but even still like, you know, whenever I buy time back or get time back for myself, like I find ways to fill that time back up, which Mm -hmm. I actually need to take a page out of your book. And, uh, you know, maybe you could tell me a little bit more about how I can sort of create or you know, carve out time for myself and Mm -hmm. why that's important. Yeah. I feel like when I first started carving out time for myself, it still felt so unnatural because I was so, I was in the habit of giving 
all of my time to work and it's unsustainable mm -hmm. for one. Yeah. I was so much more anxious. I constantly felt like I was running on fumes, even though I was sleeping much more than you're <laughs> probably sleeping. But I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm working and putting so much time into building this. I'm going to get there. It might just not be as fast, but like I need to take a step back and I need to figure out who I am again because mm -hmm. I put so much of my identity into the business that I just kind of reflected and felt like, okay, who is Mackenzie? Like mm -hmm. Mackenzie's not Maclash. Like I'm, that's a part of me, but it doesn't have to be everything. And I think too, like in those first probably five years of me building it, I was like, no, this is what I like doing. This is the only thing I like doing. And I started to realize, okay, maybe I do want to do things outside of work. I do want to have a life outside of work. I do want to see my friends and you know, with that being said, I feel so much more balanced mm -hmm. now. And obviously I feel like it goes in waves. Like there are waves where I'm really creative and I'm not hanging out with friends and For I'm sure. like working on courses or training on the weekends and doing things like that. And then there's other lulls where I go into where I'm like, okay, I can take my nap or sure. I'm going <laughs> to sit and scroll on my phone sure. or do something different. But I think, I think for me, I pick a word every year that I want to kind of base my year off of. And so 2021, I chose intentional mm -hmm. and I wanted to be intentional with my time at work and I wanted to be intentional with my time away from work. So I didn't feel like I had to constantly be on to actually let myself rest. And so me being intentional outside of work was like, okay, what brings me joy outside of work totally and like i'm a big journaler so i would just journal like oh literally walks by the water i started doing more walks by the water i do a weekly <laughs> tuesday morning walk with a couple girlfriends of mine down by the water and i feel like it helped me so much more when it was time to work mm -hmm. and be creative and be on because i allowed myself to take that time there's a book um the seven habits of highly effective people and one of the chapters is called sharpen the saw and if you're, if you're using a saw over and over and over and over, it gets dull. Mm -hmm. And so you have to take that step back and take that time to sharpen it. And I was like, I'm dull. <laughs> like I'm not feeling creative. I'm in these ruts. Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of what really propelled me to look at things differently and say, mm -hmm. it's okay. Because totally. it was only me in my head sitting there thinking, I have to work 24 seven. Like mm -hmm. the business is going to fail if I'm not. And kind of getting out of my own way and rewriting new beliefs in my head to know that it's okay to take a step back. It's okay yeah. to go for the walk. It's okay to walk the dogs. It's okay to cuddle the dogs for an extra hour in the morning <laughs> and whatever that looked like and whatever yeah. that looks like for anybody listening, like you have to find what brings you joy outside of work. And then I just felt so much more on when it was time to totally. Work. I think that, you know, that's what we get caught up with, you know, with folks who might, you know, have a hard time stepping away from their business or what or what have you um, is like you, you have this level of guilt. Right. That if you're away, like that means that things aren't happening the way that they mm -hmm. should back at the shop or whatever the case is. But that's not the case. You know, it's it's off, most often not the case if you truly believe that your team is there you know, to, to, you know, and has your best interest in mm -hmm. mind, they're there and they want to be there to work, to work yeah. hard, you know, you should be in good hands. And yeah. so like, it's taken a lot of time for me to get there. Um, you know, but you know, my team proves themselves over and over and over again. Yeah. So I, you know, I think now I'm sort of welcoming this new season of being able to step away mm -hmm. and, um, you know, simultaneously finding ways to make their lives easier mm -hmm. in the shop. Like, and I think you need that sort of off time, to, to have that balance, mm -hmm. to be able to give back in the best way to your business, mm -hmm. you know? So that's definitely something I'm inviting, uh, inviting more into my life now. And I'm mm -hmm. so excited. You know, I think that it's going to reach, we'll probably reach new levels, perhaps not in like revenue or, or what have you, but really just in like quality of work and like mm -hmm. quality of time, I think is going to be really, really, really good, mm -hmm. um, here in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, and you wouldn't hire people that you don't trust. Yeah. So, and I think that was hard for me when I was first hiring my team is I was like, okay, I want to trust you, but like, mm -hmm. this is my baby and my name's on the door. And like, there for are so sure. many things that could be said wrong yeah. or done improperly. And it was like the moment I stepped away and was like, no, you do your thing. All of them are so self-sufficient and like, I'm not here that often anymore, but I'll come in and I'm like, you guys don't need me, but like, do you need anything? And they're like, no, we're good. Yep. And like, even Nola, when she first came on and was running the social media, she would run everything by me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was stunting her mm -hmm. from actually like being creative and just going for it. And I was like, I trust you. Like 
you know what you're doing, do your thing. And she, we even had a conversation about it and she was like, I felt way more creative and I felt like I could just run with it and come up with more things so much easier than running things by you. And I think when you start building a team, you get to that point of like, okay, I'm really going to give you mm-hmm. all the responsibility and I'm going to release that need for me to feel like I have to micromanage you because 100%. We, we don't want to micromanage. 100%. They don't want to be micromanaged. Yeah. And I feel like it flows so much better. And like you said, like the quality of things mm-hmm. just continue to get better. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's become more special now that we've built a, a big team, uh, you know, a big team of bakers, a big team of part-time staff that work the front of the house. Um, the big thing for me and the thing that's been really inspiring as I sort of get to this next level of business has been like, what good is it for me to have all the tools? Like it, it does nobody any good if I'm the only one that can do a certain thing in the bakery. Mm-hmm. So why not let somebody in on the tools, give them the tools mm-hmm. um, to then succeed and have the agency to make really important decisions around the shop. Um, people are going to fail. I spent the first three years of my business failing over mm-hmm. and over and over again. I'm um, still failing. There's yes, still things every that day. Fail I mean, every day. From. And uh, you, you can't, get away from that. And you shouldn't, I think it's really important to have those sort of, um, those trials. Mm -hmm. And so allowing the team to sort of experience those, uh, really on like a firsthand basis is huge. And Mm -hmm. that's where you see the most growth is when you give them the tools, you know, show them the way and support them, give them everything that they need to feel like they can, you know, carry on and, and do their job well. Um, and then you kind of watch them kind of soar, mm-hmm. you know, the wind hits the sails and and off they go. And that's the most exciting thing right now, I mm-hmm. think is like for a long time, it was me, it was me, it was me. But now it's like it's this team of people and they can go like mm-hmm. they can do their thing, yeah. um, you know, so long as the infrastructure is in place and the systems that we've built over time are working and are well oiled like this team can do some pretty amazing things. Mm -hmm. And um, that doesn't mean that I get to go and relax and go and like, you know, vacation and, you know, Mm -hmm. that'll, that time will come, I'm sure. But I'm still on the back end, like finding out, well, how can I make their life easier? Mm -hmm. How can I make it so that they don't have to lift that thing so many times every day? Mm -hmm. How can I make it so that they can, you know, do more, you know, creative tasks in their day rather than doing this repetitive, arduous work? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a huge goal of mine. And Mm -hmm. that's just been this ongoing sort of, it's, that's what it's been the past three years is just finding new ways to make things easier for me mm-hmm. and then passing those tools off to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's been really exciting. I love that. Yeah. Did you run into any hiccups along the way getting into your brick and mortar space? <laughs> yeah. I 100%. think I know the answer to this. Yeah. 100%. I think like this is the classic trope of like the food, the food and beverage industry, you know, opening up a new spot. Like there's always something bureaucratic or you know, local food, you know, Snohomish County Health District or whatever the mm-hmm. whatever the case is, um, there's always delays. So like delay, especially now when like the cost of lumber is up 600 percent or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so-and-so contractor can't get in for three months because yeah. um, they're doing residential work or whatever the case is. Um, and you just that's another thing that you just navigate. Right. right. Like That's not a world I'm familiar with. Um, I owe so much to my brother, Aiden, who's mm-hmm. in the in that construction world. And basically built the bakery from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Like the kid is is super talented and just knows that world. It's like a whole other language to me mm-hmm. and like doesn't make sense at all. Similar to like if Aiden were to hop into bread baking, he'd be like, all right, <laughs> yeah. this is a I joke. was going to say, if you tried to say anything about yeah. bread baking or if I tried to say anything about lashes to yeah. you, it would just be. Oh, it's, oh yeah. yeah, over your head. So, you know, we worked in tandem pretty well to like really, uh, you know, cinch things up at the shop. And uh, yeah, I owe a ton to him. And this is all like on a on a budget. Like we're yeah. we've only been we had at the time had only been in business two years. We don't have a whole lot to show for, mm-hmm. you know, being a bakery. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we were doing things. Uh, we were doing things pretty intelligently because we had to. Right. And um, working with equipment that's 30 years old, mm-hmm. like, you know, finding ways to make it work is really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, but getting in, I guess, more specifically getting into the brick and mortar was really just um, getting the right materials that we needed for the build out, um, getting them on time and then getting everything inspected um, to operate as a food business in, mm-hmm. you know, in our city and um, pretty run of the mill stuff, I'd say. So it's not mm-hmm. like anything that anyone else who runs a restaurant or bakery like ha- yeah. didn't have to experience. Like everyone's kind of been around that, uh, been around that world and mm-hmm. have dealt with those difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, no, I. Like I'd say everything's been par for the course and, uh, you know, I'm like so glad to be in a spot where 
everything's under one roof. Mm-hmm. It, we, we limit our, you know, transportation like considerably. Um, the only things that are going offsite are like farmer's markets and wholesale mm-hmm. deliveries, which is great. Everything else can exist under our four walls. So, mm-hmm. or within our four walls. So that's, that's exciting. And it might not, it might seem small, but for a bakery, like having everything under one roof is huge mm-hmm. for just easy flow of production. So, yeah. Yeah. So for like, so grateful to be in a spot this mm-hmm. early too. Yeah. That I think is also something that um, is an oversight. Like most bakers who start like from the ground up, like grassroots, they spend five, six to, you know, sometimes 10 years, like mm-hmm. really just like hustling mm-hmm. um, at farmer's markets, like local markets, yeah. things like that, um, doing pop-ups, stuff like that just to sort of survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully maybe somebody avails a space for them to, right. to sort of exist. But mm-hmm. we got, we got very lucky and, um, sort of struck while the iron was hot and mm-hmm. got into a place early on. And I am so grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been great. It's been so cool to see. I mean, I know right before the world shut down, mm-hmm. you and I got coffee and you yeah. were talking about your pop-ups and everything that you had planned for it. And then being able to come to the pop-ups during 2020 when we were all, I mean, it was so cute. You had cones and everything <laughs> set up for people to, you know, stay mm-hmm. socially distanced. And it was so cool that like, I feel like you really gave the community something to look forward to because mm-hmm. so many people, I mean, I wasn't even seeing my family and I, it was like, I remember they like didn't want me to come over, but I'd like bring bread <laughs> and um, like obviously we got over that and I was able to hang out with them. But I thought it was so cool just seeing you continue to thrive mm-hmm. and give people something to look forward to and just kind of seeing it all come together from behind the scenes. And I remember one of the um, drone videos that you had posted of the line all the way around and down the block. I just mm-hmm. think it's it's been really, really cool to see. And like, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but like you starting out of the garage, like, did you ever imagine it becoming something like this in the beginning when you were just doing it for fun? For sure. Huge shout out, Andrew, Andrew Augusto Media, uh, back in those days. Um, Those were just incredibly fun times. And of course, like scary, scary times Mm -hmm. all in the same. Um, you know, but back to your question, like, did I ever imagine it getting anywhere? Like, of course I have this like picture perfect vision vision in my head of like what it might, what it could possibly turn into. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's no way I could have predicted like Mm -hmm. what actually transpired. There's no Mm -hmm. way, especially the timeliness of it, like how it happened relatively quickly. Um, you know, compared to some other, uh, bakers or restaurant owners or what have you, um, there's no way I could have predicted it. And I think it just is, you know, you know, you're just like head down and you're just working Mm -hmm. and you just continue like week after week and day after day. Like it's just like constantly laying a good brick every single day. Mm -hmm. And eventually you kind of like turn and like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, wait, here we are. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, every, I mean, this will be, you know, representative of kind of how I was feeling each week. It was like, I'd turn to one of my family members who was helping out with the pop-up, but I'd be like, Oh, I hope people show up today, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you have that kind of voice in your head that's like yeah. whether it's, you know, imposter syndrome or what, mm-hmm. whatever, however it's manifesting. But, you know, you have this voice in your head that's sort of just, well, what if like what mm-hmm. if, if this is a worst case scenario or right. what if? But like 10 o'clock rolls around and people are lining up yeah. like week after week after week. And you'd think like 20, like, 30, oh, 40 straight yeah. weeks of this, like mm-hmm. it's not going away. Like yeah. you're doing you're doing good. You're doing all right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to go away. But somehow still like that voice kind of crept in. But, Mm -hmm. you know, as time has gone on, like and I guess maybe just like over repetition, I think of doing what you're doing and you're like in your you're just in your wheelhouse, that voice starts to get quieter and quieter Mm -hmm. and you just start to get you have this sort of built in, you know, confidence in what you're doing and confidence that people are going to continue to show up and support you. Mm -hmm. And that's been really special to see. So Mm -hmm. looking back now, is there anything that you would do differently or wish you had done more of? Yeah, I think besides celebrating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, celebrating for sure. I think just Mm -hmm. taking the time to really, and like hindsight of course is 2020, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not knowing what it could turn into, um, and still I'm in a spot now where it's like, I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. what the next trajectory is looking like mm-hmm. and what the next levels of the bakery might look like and what it might mean to people. 
and reaching a wider audience and things like that. But I think, yeah, earlier on, I think I wish I had gotten more video and photo of what I was doing. And, you know, to be able to tell the story later on, like I look back at some of my, some of the photos I do have and it's like, it doesn't quite tell the story. Like it doesn't really illustrate what this, like the work that went into making this thing. Um, like the countless hours and the revisions, like with my brother and I, like going over our blueprint, our floor, our floor plan and like hacking away and like contacting all these different contractors to make things work and like really just like telling the story. I wish I had told the story a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, but that's a lesson now. It's like, what am I doing now to yeah. sort of set myself up so that I'm not saying this two years from now, mm-hmm. you know, or three years like from now. Like documenting more and more. For and more. sure. Yeah. I, that's funny that you bring that up because I think about that when I worked out of my parents' house, mm-hmm. I maybe have like 10 photos and of course I have like client photos, but like actually photos of me yeah. working out of their kitchen and like seeing, you know, all the steps in between and then to where I am now, like it would have been really cool to document. And like, I tell people this all the time, like take photos and videos of everything that you're doing. Like, I don't 100%. care if it looks like boring or behind mm-hmm. the scenes, you're going to want to have that. 100%. And now, like I tell Nola all the time, I'm like, can you take a video of this? I don't know if I'm even going to do anything <laughs> with it, but a year from now I might be like, oh, that's a really good piece of content. Or like, this is something I never thought that, you know, I would look back on. Oh it Yeah. And, And like, it's huge for people who like, I get people all the time who are like, you know, I want to start my own bakery, you know, like I want to start a cottage bakery out of my house. Like, how do Mm -hmm. I get started? Yeah. And like, how much easier would it have been if I had just like illustrated that story, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from the get go so that I can then turn, you know, to this person and answer their questions a little bit more eloquently or Mm -hmm. like show them, like, instead of telling them, showing them what it looked like. Yeah. And like, it might look like rainbows and daisies on the outside, but like you're going to have to do 18, 24 hour, 48 hour, 72 hour days, mm-hmm. like three days straight. Yeah. And you're going to turn to yourself and wonder like, am I crazy for doing this? Uh-huh. Like is what I'm doing? Like, is this going to be worth it one day? Right. Um, You know, and really talking them through not to discourage. I would never want to discourage a young baker and I'm sure you would never want to discourage no. a young lash artist, but like mm-hmm. it takes quite a bit of work to create something like this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to be realistic about, you know, what the potential outcomes are. Knowing how much work really goes into it, would you still do it? Like going back, would you still? 100%. There's nothing I would, there's nothing I would change, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, other than the things I've mentioned, like just doing maybe more of a different thing Mm -hmm. to propel this other thing. Right. Um, yeah, I would do it again. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel the same way. There's no other thing I could imagine. I could have imagined myself doing at that time in my life. Right now. I, you know, I say that because it's like, there are other things I want to do. Like there mm-hmm. are other passions I have and whether a business comes from it or not, like there are things I want to be spending my time doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to work hard so that I can avail myself and, and, and spend my time doing those cool things. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't have, I would not have done anything differently. I would have, you know, probably you know uh done things faster but like even then it's like you change one little piece of the puzzle and like how you know you know how messed up could it possibly could it could it become if Mm -hmm. you sort of change one thing um and so things have kind of gone on in this very smooth very thoughtful trajectory and I've been I've been proud about that Mm -hmm. you know not not sort of feeding into the pressure of like what people really want Mm -hmm. you know hopefully like there's a good balance of like giving the community what they want but also not giving too much to where you're like really throwing yourself for a loop right um there's you got to be able to find a balance there mm-hmm. yeah 100 i agree okay i have a question how many items do you have how many items do you sell <laughs> that's a that's a very uh specific that's a good question a very specific one <laughs> these do days you, like change it out a little bit yeah, we do for sure. Mm-hmm. Our menu for the last like month, month and a half has been relatively the same just because we're really focusing on our core and just like mm-hmm. getting our core products solid, getting trained up on all of our core products. Um, total products, I would I'd be lost if yeah. I had to tell you. I know like how many loaves of bread like roughly we're making and it's around 2000 a week, oh my um, gosh. which is a lot of bread, like yeah. a lot more than I could have ever imagined making, mm-hmm. you know as as I was baking in the garage, if you told me one day you'll be making yeah. 2000 loaves of bread, I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd call you crazy. Yeah. So, um, but it's, it's, it doesn't seem that crazy because it has been this sort of onward and upward trajectory. Like mm-hmm. it's just been like exponentially increasing over time. And mm-hmm. so like last week isn't much different than this week and this right. week isn't much different than next. And mm-hmm. it's just been this like slow and steady foot in front of the other situation. What are your um, most popular items? 
most popular is the bread for sure. Like yeah. bread makes up probably 70% of our revenue. Is there anyone specifically that like people go crazy for more? Because I know you have like different types of sourdough. Yeah, for sure. We've got like probably eight to 10 different loaves of bread every weekend. Mm -hmm. um, the country sourdough, which is like our flagship, mm -hmm. like, you know, um, I guess most basic country mm -hmm. sourdough. It's just like your sourdough bread. That's mm -hmm. easily our most popular mm -hmm. among the among the people. I love the olive one. Olive's I good. I think it's so good. Olive's a close number two. Yeah. Like that's one of our, yeah, that's one of our most popular products behind. It's so yeah. good. Every time I see your story, like video of it mixing with all the olives <laughs> in there, I'm like, oh, I can't wait. It's good stuff. I appreciate it. It's so good. And then obviously the uh, focaccia. Mm-hmm hands down my favorite every time i go i get at least two or three because i know my parents want one or two <laughs> so half the time i'm getting three one for, sure. for me and two for you're them the, because there's four people in their house you're the delivery driver no i am literally <laughs> like that's great i even i know you saw this picture but i i borrowed their vespa and like came down to your shop yeah. and got bread and i you weren't there that day but i was like oh where's connor like i want to see <laughs> you but i got all my loaves of bread there you and then go took the little vespa back up the rare moment i'm not there i was probably yeah. sound asleep you know hopefully back at, back at, <laughs> knowing back how often you're awake <laughs> to keep everything running smoothly for sure i can't even imagine okay so what is next for connor in the cottage yeah I, you know as we had mentioned like i think i'm really excited to invite some time back into my life mm -hmm. and just spend a little bit of time away from the shop mm -hmm. Um, I know that that's like people, some people will hear me say that and be like, okay, like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Show me, show me that you're going to spend some <laughs> we'll time away that. from the shop. It is really hard to sort of separate myself. And I think that it's mostly because this is a project that has been so close to my heart for so long mm -hmm. and that I really wanted to see it through firsthand. Right. And so it's really hard for me to step away. I think yeah. most, it's your baby. It is. It truly is. And like most bread bakers specifically, uh, have this same sort of issue. Like you mm -hmm. see it all the time. Um, just because bread can be so finicky um, on a day to day basis, it's mm -hmm. not like it doesn't just make itself like it takes some yeah. very um, like very deft hands and like really skilled work mm -hmm. uh, to, to make this stuff. And so it's important that, you know, um, the people with the tools are there to sort of monitor and make sure things are going well. Um, so it's going to be it's going to take a take some time. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, with this time that I hope hopefully avail for myself, I do want to explore some things outside of outside of bread or I guess bread adjacent mm -hmm. like I'm really interested in like produce and growing produce mm -hmm. but in like different ways like I've seen vertical farms do yes. really well or like uh -huh. indoor farms doing really well um and you know I think all of it comes back to just like how can we sort of create um you know a better world for each other mm -hmm. you know and I think hopefully it seems like that's the case for you know what mm -hmm. we're doing uh, in most cases it's not perfect of course but um, hopefully all the things that I involve myself in can maybe lead or, you know, put our foot in the right direction for a mm -hmm. better world for, for us here today and for the people who are going to follow mm -hmm. us in the years to come. Totally. Well, I feel like that's really like you can tell when you look at your social media, when you come into your space, like everything, like I just think good vibes and just <laughs> like, good. like, like honestly, like just good vibes and you can tell how much you care mm -hmm about the people that you're impacting mm -hmm. and it's not just about like making a sale For sure. and like you can tell like your core values and I just think that's really respectable because sometimes that's hard to translate as a business owner mm -hmm. and not feel salesy or totally. whatever and like you can tell you've put your entire heart into this yeah and I think that's really cool yeah thank you I really appreciate that mm -hmm. it's it is it's one of those really hard things to navigate I think as a business owner ultimately like this isn't a charity this isn't a yeah. non-profit organization right. like we are like you do need to make a profit we're working hard to make a profit mm -hmm. and to you know do the right things with that profit uh you know in the long run and so yeah it can be really hard and you're towing the line of like you know um you know some really just like hard conversations right like mm -hmm. you know ultimately the people that show up to work like they've got to show up to work you know mm -hmm. and like sometimes visions don't align and you know hard conversations need to happen um but I try to limit those. And, you know, in that I try to support the people that have like minded, you know, visions or goals for themselves and for the bakery, because mm -hmm. um, ultimately, like I want this to be a place, you know, this isn't Connor's bread or Connor's yeah. bakery. This is the cottage. This is a place where we can all kind of come and share this time and like really put our, 
you know, hearts into what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's great that it's, you know, reflected in the community and you can see it as you enter the space. And um, I, that's definitely not my strong suit is interior design, but, uh, you know, we could probably improve on that front. But um, yeah, no, that, that means a lot. And I think it's mm-hmm. something that I hope to carry forward, you know, in the years to come. And I hope mm-hmm. that, you know, we can build a team that also feels similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing it. I think every Thanks. time I've gone in there, even not seeing you, like everyone <laughs> just seems really happy to be there. And yeah. Like, just so joyful. And I think that's a huge testament to like you hiring the right people for and sure. just creating an environment for them that they can feel comfortable and they can feel excited to come yeah. to work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's huge. And I think it, it, it starts from the top down. Like mm-hmm. it starts from, you know, I don't look at it as like all of these folks are here to work for me. Like it's the opposite. Like yeah. I'm working for you. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that your life is easy here. I want to make sure that you feel supported in the ways that you want to be or want to feel supported. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself while you're here and even while you're at home, yeah. you know? Um, and I might not always know like what that looks like or feels like, but um, it's a huge priority of mine. And like, it's an ongoing sort of, you know, situation that you find yourself in as a business owner is like, these people are like spending their time working for you, mm-hmm. like working for your business because they believe in it. Right. Like you ought to, you know, give them your all. And mm-hmm. so some days that is, you know, I might have been up for 24 straight hours. Some days it's just a, Hey, how's it going as yeah. they walk in, but at least recognizing that these people are here and they're working hard um, and they care. Like ultimately mm-hmm. like not having a pessimistic view on your team is like yeah. step one for me is like, these people are here. They believe in you. Mm-hmm. They believe in themselves. They got here to work today. Like they're here to work hard and, right. um, you know, it, they deserve 100% of my, uh, respect. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun. And I think I've seen what that can deliver, mm-hmm. uh, on the back end, and it's, it's exciting stuff. Like yeah. people are like eager to do more and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, find ways to think creatively in their own world mm-hmm. and bring their own skills and talents to the bakery. And like, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. And that's something I never even thought of, mm-hmm. you know, when starting a business. So yeah. it's been fun. Well, and I'm sure it's incredible too, for them to see your work ethic mm-hmm. because you are just like, so <laughs> like you're there all the time and just mm-hmm. how much time and effort you're willing to put into things. Mm-hmm. Like having a leader like that yeah. makes it almost want other people to do the same thing or want to put like yeah. do that one extra thing that needs to For be sure. done or go out of their way to do something extra because they know how much time and effort you're putting into that and I think being a leader and stepping up in that position is so huge especially because you're sitting here saying like I'm here to serve them and I think that creates an environment that your team wants to work that much harder for you and I just think it's really incredible what you've built and the environment that you've built for your team because I know not a lot of places that people go to work for whether it's a nine-to-five or another bakery Mm -hmm. or another salon something like that like that's not always there and you don't always feel supported and you don't always feel like you know you are a team sometimes you feel like oh well I'm just a paycheck to you just a number yeah and so it's it's really cool when you can create an environment like that and actually create friendships. And obviously yeah. like you don't have to be best friends with For everybody, sure. but having that level of respect and just communication to yeah. make things run smoothly, I think it's, it's huge. huge. Yeah. And I think it's, it's awesome that you mentioned communication like that most oftentimes is the thing that is wobbly or like not mm-hmm. so intact. Um, and that's what leads to, you know, bad things happening. Mm-hmm. And like some of the things that we stress in the bakery all the time are like, every bit of our communication has to be positive, productive, constructive. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. those three words are like constantly being repeated. I want to like paste it up on the wall yeah. and like get a big sign that says positive, productive, constructive, especially from me. Mm-hmm. And like the pressure's on because it's like, yeah. yeah, I'm working all these hours, but like even then you still have to deliver on a positive message, mm-hmm. something that's productive and something that's constructive, especially for bakers. Um, bakers are constantly like talking about products like this one looks a little light today this one looks a little dark this one's not quite the right shape how can we deliver this message to our teammate that we care so much about in a way that's not going to ruin their day Mm -hmm. you know and like that's huge and that's gotta be hard because like 
I used to not take constructive criticism well mm -hmm. <laughs> at all. But now like moving forward, I've learned like, okay, they're just trying to make me better. Sure. But I can't imagine like, especially if it's something they're learning for the first time and they're trying to do a good job. And mm -hmm. then being able to deliver that in a way of like, hey, I know you really worked hard on this, but like, this is the more of the shape that we need. Like that's gotta yeah. be hard too. Like finding that balance mm -hmm. of like, okay, I need to tell you this because it needs to be perfect. Mm -hmm. But like, don't take it personally because you're going to get there. 100%. It's actually not something I've like opened up with or opened up about like publicly, you know, or like on, you know, you don't really see this on Instagram, but like so much communication is happening on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And some, one of the things I really have trouble with is delivering that message. Like my, my, the critique I'll get, you know, often uh, is that I'm too nice about mm -hmm. things. Like I kind of, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, uh -huh. but you know, this has to happen. Otherwise, you know, further down the line, some worse things could happen. Right. right. And it's important that something is said. Otherwise mm -hmm. that person might continue making that same mistake mm -hmm. and not know. And they right? get in the habit of thinking that's the way to do things. And right. then their muscle memory starts sure. doing it that way that every time. For sure. And like on top of that, like everyone has their own ways of communicating. Like everyone's an individual. Mm -hmm. They have their own ways of delivering information and receiving it. And, and you're catching people on a daily basis where like tomorrow they might receive information different differently than they did yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's tricky. And so that's some, that's a place where I've gotten caught quite a bit is like being able to deliver, um, with candor, like, yeah. and being able to hop in and deliver those difficult messages to somebody, um, and have that message be received. And then mm -hmm. what is our course of action following? Like, what right. are we going to do to avoid these potential issues in the future? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it comes with a lot of empathy. Like you have to be so empathetic. Mm -hmm. You have to be understanding of where they're at today where they're at right this moment right. you know um but that i think is one of the challenges with running a business that involves a team that i love like mm -hmm. it's hard that that's the hardest thing that i'm doing these days is like managing people managing a team and making sure that everyone's feeling at least content when they come to work mm -hmm. right like that's really important to me and you can this might sound you know cheesy or corny or whatever but i think that you can see it and taste it in the final product mm -hmm. when someone's not doing well like you can feel it yeah and so that's something that i really want to mitigate um and the first the, the the best and only way i know how to do that is just to show my support in whatever ways i can mm -hmm. be as positive as i can with my team yeah and um i have to be okay with myself too and mm -hmm. like that's also another challenge right yeah. so but um yeah all of that i think is becoming something that I've really gravitated toward um, and has really allowed me to sort of uh, invest in my team truly and like trust in them and know that they're going to make the right decisions on my behalf. Cause like, like mm -hmm. you said, your name is on the front of the store, yeah. you know, like my name is on this. Like if, mm -hmm. you know, if, if bad, if really bad things happen, like, you know, this is my, this is my life too. This is your life. This is all of our lives. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's important that we communicate properly. Yeah. Have you ever had any like crazy customers or anyone unhappy? <laughs> yeah, you know, we get we call it like the one percent, like yeah. the one percent of people who it's always random too. It's always like the most like unexpected thing that they might be looking for or wanting. Um, and the best thing, obviously, like I'm not like fully, fully trained in this, but I think the best thing is just to try to de-escalate. Right. And then surprise and delight. Like yeah. give them something that they might mm -hmm. want instead or yeah. Find a way to at least bring them to, you know, a level, you know, yeah. that you, know, like, you feel OK. Page. <laughs> you feel OK sending them out the door. So you do know? they ask for a product you just don't have or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People, well, especially with bread, like there is there is a, like a pretty significant amount of education that comes along with bread because of like the industrialization of bread over mm -hmm. time. A lot of like grab bag words have been used over time, like whole wheat, whole grain, uh, like how like it, how much flour is extracted, like what kind of nutrients, da, 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 da. like there's so many different things that the front of the house folks are like, you know, kind of stuck between a rock and a hard spot, like mm -hmm. trying to describe to this customer and they just won't have it. Like yeah. they want what they want because they're the expert. They've found they it know. in the grocery store one time or yeah. whatever. Um, but the best thing is like, you know, we've got these things, like if this isn't yeah. really, you, you know, your uh, cup of tea, then, um, I'd invite you to try this. And yeah. if this might not be, you know, your world, then, uh, you know, we're so sorry we couldn't, you know, meet your needs. Like yeah. the best thing to do is just mm -hmm. to try to like deescalate, make them feel okay. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of the times people just want to be heard. Like people yeah. just want to be, they want to walk in, they want to say their thing and they want to just be heard. Mm -hmm. And it's like smiling, you know, yeah. understanding their message. And then, you know, oh, I'll let, I'll let Connor the baker know. And like yeah. that makes them feel really special. Right. right? Um, but allowing them to kind of, you know, and then, you know, here, have a cookie or have a free yeah. pack of cookies or something like that. Yeah. Um, send them on their way, at least feeling okay. Like mm -hmm. they didn't ruin their day. Right. Yeah. But it's very rare. It's probably less than 1% at this mm -hmm. point. Um, very rare that we run into people that are really mm -hmm. challenging. That's good. Yeah. I just, some people crack me up. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some people will come in here and act like they're the expert and they know what they're doing or so certain questions like mm -hmm. kind of throw me sometimes. But I think you're so right. Just like being kind and gracious and trying For to sure. just like get them to a place of mm -hmm. being like, okay, well, I didn't get what I wanted, but I don't hate them. Yeah. Like it's. It's funny. People are funny. It's funny. The service industry is like just chock full of folks like that, you know, and mm -hmm. I think we found even through COVID, like when things maybe aren't the way that people want them to be with like QR codes yeah. and things like that, oh my gosh. Um, you know, you run into some difficult people, but I think, you know, I'm like, I love like being out at dinner or wherever. It's like, I want to be the easy customer. I want to be the person that goes in mm -hmm. like, you know, orders easily. I don't want any revisions to what's on the menu. Yeah. Like I trust the chef to make whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, I'm going to tip super well. Like that's mm -hmm. what I want to do. And, yeah. and uh, hopefully like, you know, can make the server not have to work so hard like that. Yeah. I wish there were more people like that. Mm -hmm. Because you know how much time and effort goes into everything. Mm -hmm. I think especially like the chefs in the back, like they've created the menu, how it's supposed to be for a reason. Like I get allergies and things like that. But and then just giving the server a hard time for it. I've just never understood. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're out to like, enjoy. If you're not in a rush, just chill. 100 percent. I can't remember who said it, but someone says like it should be a prerequisite for people to work a year in the service industry. Like, I think so. A I year think in restaurant, would benefit from it. Yeah. Like you would get to see like what the back of the house actually feels and looks like. Stress. Uh, and it can provide you <laughs> it can provide you a world of a difference when you're dining out, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh and really, it just comes down to like, you know, treat people how you want to be treated, yeah. like treat people with respect, like, you right. know, and it's it's, you know, that's an oversimplification, but it's really as easy mm -hmm. as it needs to be. For real. I agree. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our episode. I just want to thank you again so much for coming on. And if you want to tell the audience where they can find you. Totally. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. Uh, my first podcast ever. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, for folks who want to, uh, find me, um, or the bakery, uh, it's on Instagram at cottage community bakes. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And yeah. you're open on Saturdays and Sundays. We're open Friday through Sunday. Now. <gasps> Friday through Sunday. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. did you add Fridays? Uh, quite a while ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm crazy. We kept it on the DL though. We kept it on the DL. <laughs> you're good. like, give us, give us a break <laughs> for a second. Yeah. Oh no, it's gosh. been fun. Fridays are fun. Um, and pretty soon we'll add Thursdays too. We'll become like a real bakery. <gasps> that is so exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. I just think it's been so cool watching the journey and everything come together. Thank you. Right. It means a lot. Yeah. And I'm like always inspired by what you're doing too. Thank you. We kind of like watch from afar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like root <laughs> yeah. from afar. Root I'm always like afar. responding to stories. <laughs> for sure. Like quarterly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this has been great. Thank you so much. Good. Of course. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for listening and watching. Give us a like, subscribe. To be entered to win a t-shirt, comment on this YouTube video, and we'll see you guys in the next one.